Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help top performers find their authentic selves in order to come from a confident decision-making place. As a fellow seeker, I have found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Hello and welcome back to Liberate Your Soul. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Today I want to talk about an interesting concept that came to me um, really through listening to another podcast episode and it's something that I have really witnessed in my journey of entrepreneurship and my life in general as I set different goals for myself and things that I want to reach in this lifetime, things that I think that we all struggle with in our lives if we endeavor to achieve things, and that is commitments versus attachments. And it can really apply to a sense of people or goals, outcomes, relationships, and it can even apply in a spiritual sense as well. And I think that's why this topic really uh, spoke to me when I was exploring it and pondering it for my own self. So commitments versus attachments and pondering that today and also exploring our purpose. Um, Here on Liberate Your Soul, we really want to give you practical, actionable tips that you can take and you can use right away. And today is no exception, although today's exercise was designed by someone else who was a uh, producer and um, very highly successful man. And I'll put a link in the show notes so you can watch this TEDx talk for yourself. But I want to get back to our initial topic, and that is when we are committed to something, we take action towards fulfilling our stated commitments to the thing, whether it's a goal, an emotional tie to a person, a relationship status, reaching an outcome, or fulfilling a duty to the supernatural one that we worship. And that all is well and good. It's a very positive thing to be committed to something, right? I think that anyone listening who's been in a committed relationship can agree that it's nice to take uh, purposeful and actionable strides toward those things. But when we're attached to something, we don't necessarily take action towards fulfillment, but we might take action against things failing to happen. We have a sense of urgency, but almost like a panicky, what if I lose it sort of feeling. Again, it can be to the goal, 
an emotional attachment to a person or relationship status. It can be an attachment to an outcome. Like what if they don't book with me or if we don't have the perfect weather for that event, you get really nervous and anxious. And when it comes to spiritual attachments, we can go two ways. One is that we get so fixated on the ritual that we forget about the worship and the power of the one that we're worshiping. We might still go through the motions, but we lose the faith. The second is a spiritual attachment that can be a foothold for literal negative attachments in the spiritual realm, which I haven't explored a lot here on the podcast, but it's a very real thing in spiritual warfare that I've seen firsthand and it can plague everyday people like you and I. Some of my clients will come to me with different things that are bothering them or loved ones, and they're very concerning. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that um, because they can truly hold us back from setting those goals and commitments to those goals. And I want to explain how this can happen. There are attachments that are extremely mild, such as the spirit of anger and bitterness that might gain a foothold when you hold a grudge maybe against a sibling or a spouse or a perceived injustice at work. There are moderate attachments that can take root when bitterness and anger seep in deeper and they rob you of your happier moments, stealing away the joy and dreams that a person might be clinging to. And those would kind of look like gossip, envy, greed, and other sins. So it's more... um, deeper than the original um, mild attachment. It seeps into sinning, right? And these just lead the way for all out spirit attachments to come in and set up house and a person. And that would look like malevolent entities that see a house with dirty windows and dark corners. The house, of course, being a metaphor for the person. And they would range from angry spirits of the deceased to dark energies and forces that I won't name out loud unless I've been retained to rid someone of them and I have confirmation of what I'm dealing with. They might actually manifest themselves in the house as well. Um, They might totally take over a person's life and be really awful. These things are nasty and they take massive action from both a trained professional such as myself, um, could be a priest as well. They take consent from the person who's being plagued by them and a commitment to moving in the spirit of change to do things better, differently than what was done in order to manifest the negative attachments in the first place. Also, by the way, it does take the Holy Spirit and Jesus, who are my business partners, in case you were wondering what sort of training there was for this sort of thing. I remember being in a spiritual shop one day, kind of getting some supplies. I was getting some holy water, and I remember hearing this guy talking about one of the books that he was reading from on a daily basis. And I remember the Holy Spirit just nudging me that, gosh, that is not the right book to be reading from. But then I saw the tattoos that were on this man's legs and they were um, just not the right sort of things that I uh, would be dabbling with, right? I was not supposed to be talking to this person. And while, yes, as a Christian, I 
should help people. I was not invited to help this person. So that's neither here nor there. So today, let's get things back onto the lighter notes for where a lot of people are in life today. Commitments. Purpose. Living life for something larger than themselves. I know it can seem easy to find your why on a day-to-day, this is the reason I got up out of bed today, purpose. But by the time most of us have turned 40-ish or 50-ish and the kids are off to school, we can be left wondering, why did we sacrifice the fun times of our lives to change all the diapers and do all the driving to after-school activities and making all the snacks when the kids only call when they need cash or car advice? Yeah, it can seem hard to understand our why when we're in a transitional time of our lives and when we set goals, reach them, and end up feeling that hollow feeling like, now what? It can feel like someone played a cruel joke on us. Like one day we wake up and we're like, what now, right? I mean, anybody who's spent months planning a wedding and then ended up in divorce, or even just that after the wedding and back from the honeymoon and this is real life, it can feel kind of empty or years planning a dream home only to find out they want to redecorate as soon as they're done or discovered they really wanted a partner to share it with or kids to pass on the legacy to or a charity organization to give to or more after they reach whatever it is they set their mind to they reach it and they immediately want something more they know what I'm talking about After all, the universe is ever-expanding, so naturally, wouldn't our desires? So, commitment, attachments, what is healthier? Commitments, I hope you just said out loud. (laughs) Surely you would be right. But how do you know what you should put your energy towards? I'm so excited to share with you this fun little exercise that I discovered totally by accident a few years ago, and it was well before I was a life and business coach, and I alluded to it just a few moments ago um, when I was chatting about our exercise for today, and that is, according to Adam Leipzig, from his TEDx talk, 80% of his class reunion members from Yale were actually unhappy in their lives, and this was 25 years after they graduated. The ones that were happy that actually had a a sense of fulfillment from their life, had a lot of things in common. And he was going around listening to them chat, and they were kind of having to speak loudly after uh, drinking and having this tent party, which he paints a good picture. Again, I'll put this down in the show notes. But they all had in common five things. And first, they knew who they were. Second, they knew what they did. Third, who they did it for. Fourth, what they got out of it. And lastly, what the people changed as a result of doing the thing that they did. So during his talk, and when I first saw this, he was actually giving it another talk, and it was really fun. He asked the audience to shout out their answers to the questions like they did during the reunion with those loud people standing around drinking and chatting. So he asked them really loud all at once, like you're speaking over a lot of people talking, to just shout out 
who you are. Just shout out your name. Second, what do you love to do? Do you love to cook? Do you love to design? Are you in accounting? Do you love to teach? Speak about what you can teach to other people. And I'm going to use my words here. What are you the authority on? Third, think about who you do it for. So who are these people that you can teach these things to? Fourth, what do those people want or need that they come to you for? What is it they're missing in their life? What is it that they can really want like to make their lives better? What is it they need? And fifth, how do those people change or transform as a result of what you give them? You might want to pause this and go back or really look at the show notes and watch the TED video for yourself. Either way, it's fine. But notice that of all these things, only two of them are about you. The first thing is who you are and what you love to do. The rest of them are about other people. The people who are happiest in life, only 15% of people, right? 15 to 20% of people are doing things for other people. It's really amazing to make this sort of transition in your life from a what about me perspective to what can I do for you? And I've noticed that in my own life, the more that I do for others, the happier that I am. Something that I've learned in my 40 years of life, that I've learned about time, is that God is never in a hurry. And when we get ahead of ourselves and we try to rush God's plan, we might not be ready to see the fullness of how things come full circle. Now, I told you that I watched this TED Talk years before I was a life and business coach. I was still mentoring men and women when I was in the corporate realm, um, but I wasn't necessarily doing it for my business. I was just doing it for fun. It was something that made me happy to see people develop into the best people that they could be. It was just a byproduct of what I was passionate about. I loved helping people to be confident to be recognizing of their own talents, to see the fullness of who they were through the eyes that I could see. I love to see people recognize how loved that they were, just to be appreciated. Now, I learned from Joyce Meyer. She's a uh, worldwide preacher that sometimes God tests us to see if our plan is really what we want to do if we're willing to sacrifice things to make these dreams come true. Abraham waited 20 years after God told him about the plans he had to make him the father of all nations. Moses waited 40. David waited 20 years to wear the crown as king that God had promised. And Joseph was in prison after his brothers sold him into slavery and had to wait 14 years before he was sitting at the head of the palace next to the king. There's something about patience and waiting. It says in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, that the end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. 
<laughs> Let me tell you how true that can be. <laughs> when you have an idea and you first setting your goals or even the beginning of a marriage, maybe it's the beginning of your relationship with Christ, you're kind of shaky, right? You're not really sure where to start, how to do things, whatever your goal might be. Maybe it's a diet. Who knows? But you first set this thing and you're like, you have some sense of an idea. You're brand new married and you're just getting to know each other, whatever it might be. Remember, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. And patience is better than pride. When you're patient with yourself and with the others, if there are others involved in your goal, it is such a beautiful thing to watch things unfold and to reach your goal, to reach your outcome, to reach your relationship fulfillment of just a lifetime of creating beautiful memories together. Oh my goodness. And as your relationship deepens with whomever you worship, it can be so, so beautiful. I learned how not to be too proud, how to wait when I was working my way through the ranks of a Fortune 500 company, putting myself through college because working three jobs and trying to complete it was really hard when I was 19. I learned not to be too proud when I lost everything in my life multiple times, both as a child and an adult for circumstances that I won't get into today, but I've always had the mindset to live my life for the benefit of others. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy every day for myself, but if I can brighten up just one life other than my own in the span of 24 hours, I'm going to do it. What can you commit yourself to doing today? What unhealthy attachment can you let go of in order to pursue a life that you love? Are you willing to let go of selfishness in order to pursue happiness? Are you willing to give up your own pursuit of selfish gain in order to find what it is that you can do to do it for other people so that you can truly find that happiness that 80% of people who graduated from Yale didn't have 25 years later? Can you really discover what you're passionate about and how you can transform other people's lives in order to really reap the benefit of re sitting back and recognizing how your own life can transform from that satisfaction? I hope the answer is yes. I hope the answer is I'm willing to commit versus being attached because it's such a healthier place to be. I can tell you for myself, I have shifted my perspective multiple times in my business <laughs> in many different senses, <laughs> whether it's looking at circumstances, thoughts, actions I'm willing to take, or commitments that I'm willing to make. And right now I'm in the middle of a new commitment to myself, to my business, to stretching myself out of my comfort zone, and it feels so good. There's no attachment to outcome. It's simply telling myself I'm going to show up 
every single day to inspire other people in a new way. So with that being said, I hope you find some inspiration from this episode today. Some inspiration to do something that's maybe a little bit different than the way that you were looking at it from before. If you'd like to go a little bit deeper and examine some of the things that you're pursuing in your life today, I'd love to hear from you. Please go ahead and send me an email at info at quantumhighways.com. And if you like this episode and you'd love to give me a rating or uh, some stars, maybe a comment, that would really make my day. Maybe share it with a friend. Certainly by helping give ratings or um, providing those comments, it will get the word out. So, again, I'm asking, make a commitment. What have you got to lose? Until next time, take care.